Okay, guys, welcome to episode 15 of my podcast. And today, my guest is Mr. Alex Peters. Alex is a mentor of mine. He's known me since um, I was in primary school. All my dance moves are from him. He's a UK popping champion. He's taught people like diversity and is very well known in the dance industry in the UK and even the world, isn't it? I've got some international links. you got some links. you got some links. (laughs) And I I wanted to bring Alex on today because obviously we all know the madness that's been happening other than the whole COVID thing, all the riots in America. And me and Alex, we always have these conversations when we link up because we're both from East London. He's black. I'm Turkish. We've always spoke about racism in a way where we've experienced and what we've seen from East London. Alex is a little bit older than me, so he's... He's seen it from when? when well, I mean, East London. Well, I'm, I've, yeah, it's 1979. 1979. Yeah. When did your pa- your parents came from the Caribbean? Yeah, they came from the Caribbean in the late sixties, late sixties, yeah, late sixties. At different points, so my dad came in via working in the army, yeah. and my mum came over for nursing. But then, um, my dad lived in different parts of East London, including Stoke Newton, Mile End. Yeah. And some other places, but then we moved to Custom House in the in the mid seventies. Yeah, and then we moved, and then and then where you know my family to be. Yeah, that was from from nineteen eighties. Nineteen eighties, nineteen eighties in East London. How many black families were there? How many? Well, put it on my on my street. There was literally three. Bruv, that's mad, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It oh. was literally. It was um. It was a spot the black person I mean I think even now when I think about it I was largely sheltered because I went to a Catholic school so what you'd find is and in them times if you went to a Catholic school because obviously it's religious based most ethnic minorities will go there so I went to primary school being in probably quite sheltered and bubbled yeah but then when it came to hanging out on the streets after school or you know in the weekend that's when you really felt that local energy okay and was that like because the thing is, you're very, you're, you can, anywhere you go, anywhere I've been with you, even like school trips when I was young, you're, you adapt very well to anyone, everyone, doesn't matter where you are in the world, you're always like very good with people. I find myself similar like that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for, someone, but for someone that is black and can do that in a more racist environment, it's a lot, obviously a lot harder. Whereas I'm obviously not white, but I'm not black either. So it's probably easier for me to jump into like a very different society. Whereas with you, you have to work different angles, right? To get yourself yeah, across yeah, yeah. in a way that I guess they will like, right? Well, it was funny because I was having this conversation. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna, you're going to have to leave me because there's so much I can say on everything you're saying there. But um, one of the things is my dad particularly was a, a local mechanic. So what I kind of learned growing up and then speaking to him getting older was that that was almost a ticket to kind of be okay in the area. So my dad was a local mechanic. There was a particular family who um, uh, they lived opposite us. In fact, you know, Billy Maloney was in your year group, right? Uh, I think he was a bit older. Oh, was he, was oh yeah, older. he was. You're right. He was a yeah, bit I older. I think he was a bit older than me. Yeah. His grandma, his grandparents, basically, they were the ticket into our into the area. Okay. When his, because obviously Billy Maloney's uh, granddad is mixed race, and yeah, that's why his family is black. Yeah. So when they kind of gave a thumbs up to my parents, 
the yeah. rest of the area gave a thumbs up. Okay. You see what I'm saying? The, the, the Lord of the Manor. It was like that. It was almost yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. If, he's, if, he, if, if they endorse, then everyone else did. And then because my mum at the time, you know, being a nurse, nurse, being a nurse at the time was quite a noble thing, which is yeah. interesting because I always grew up feel, feeling quite private. Mum's a nurse. Nowadays, I don't think nursing, well, apart from the COVID time, nursing yeah. hadn't had that grandeur. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think it will reverse now with the whole COVID thing. But generally, yeah. for the last de- couple of decades, nursing never was given that respect like that. I see what you mean. But like, say, for example, countries like Turkey, nurses still have that respect because right. it's still, right. like a, still like a very big thing. To and it is, especially now when you're right, I think with the whole COVID thing, which has literally flipped over 2020. I mean, 2020 is <laughs> a, a shit fucking year, man. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say this to you. Yes and no. This is a time for learning. So depending okay. on how you take, how, this is, depending on how you, you utilize this year, this year can be your game changer. Yeah. Or we can sit in the fact that actually, because you've got to think every change doesn't come, is never comfortable. Any change, even for yourself, like how you yeah. establish yourself as you are. I'm yeah. sure every process wasn't a fun process for you. No, I mean, like just even going to school in East London, like that wasn't, it was, it, it was challenging. <laughs> in a way you know i mean people that um are listening i've mentioned where i go to school and stuff and alex can can you just tell them what it was like because i I can't tell now because you know when you're younger you sometimes over exaggerate things right right but when we were going to school there was always stabbings there was always issues there was always like how many people in my year that i know that are in prison now like you know and it's kind of crazy what what was it like for you because when you were mentoring me you were in your 20s I was in my twenties, yeah, early to mid twenties. Yeah. So um, basically, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. When you came into the school, you and your older sister, you came in at a time when there was a big transition happening in the school, but also in the area, because I would say um, Custom House was majority or what a very majority white dominated area until the very early 2000s. But okay. what you were seeing by the end of the 90s, you were starting to see en masse people of different, you know, nationalities and yeah. origins starting to come through. So you was falling into that category. However, the earlier year group, so like if you look at your sister's year group, I would probably say that was the first, or probably, yeah, I think it's fair to say that was the, the second year group where you were starting to see, okay, things are changing. Okay. So... Yeah. At the time when this was happening, it was also a lot of the local black kids were almost starting to mark their territory, if you will. They were starting to establish we are here and this is how we do things. Coupled with the fact that at the time we were shifting from the kind of the garage era to the grime era. So yeah, then that was solidifying that momentum even quicker. So what I think you were seeing is it was at a time when you were starting to really witness the exodus of the local English working class community. But then a lot of the black kids, particularly the Portuguese community, yeah, yeah, they were yeah. really starting to put their stamp down. And I think yeah. to this day, that shift has remained. And in fact, in fact, if you go to Raw Docs now, I believe it's 60 to 70% ethnic minority. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mad. That's right. It's a massive shift. That's crazy. That's, I mean, compared to when you would have like, moved in and stuff which is kind of crazy and i've noticed like when because i mean let's be honest we've all we've all like living in london i mean we've all experienced racism i I remember i remember walking out you know what and this memory like is stuck in my head 
I remember my mum holding my hand, right, walking out of Newham Leisure Centre and three, like, little rascals, like, little white East London boys. Yeah. Like, swearing at my mum and me, telling me to go back to my country. Wow. And I remember being, like, so young and, yeah. like, I couldn't physically do anything. Yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. young. My mum was just, like, holding my hand and my mum was like, don't worry, ignore it, ignore it. And I'm thinking, imagine if that happened now. That is yeah. fucked. You know, well, well, do you know it is weird because, like, I think even now. So when um, if you remember a couple of years ago when the whole Black Lives Matter thing kicked off, yeah, what I really learned about Custom House was this: seeing a lot of the tension of people, like especially on my Facebook at the time. Now these would have been ex pupils from Raw Docs, yeah, who um had become Facebook friends, Facebooks and, and, and stuff. And so as a mentor in the school, you know, these were kids that I'd worked with. I was fond of them. They were fond of me. Da, 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 da. But when Black Lives Matter started to kick off and then it started to create the dialogues you were seeing, it made me realise that even though a lot of people were living alongside each other, the narratives were so different. Yeah. And you didn't know until those points. So at that, what was changing about that particular era, so that would have been about four years ago, it's people like were, had friendships and they were saying, wow, I didn't know you felt that way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. What that, what that actually taught me was actually within our communities, people don't necessarily speak, not the truth, but there's a certain level of conversation that just doesn't happen outside of your community. Yeah, that's right. They don't cross over that line. Yeah. Where they don't, you don't go deep into conversation about how you feel. Because again, in East London everyone's walking around full of testosterone. Who's the, who's the Don? Who's this? Who's that? No, right. nobody want to show weakness. Everyone's just trying to handle their business and establish their own. And, you know, you also got to remember, I'm, I'm sure for you as well. I mean, tell me if it's different. You're listening to your parents' narratives because of what they've told, when they've come to the country, what they've experienced. So they want to protect you. So for me, for example, my mum and dad always used to say to me, you have to work twice as hard as the white man because the white man wants to see what doesn't don't want to see you um, uh, climb the ladder. Yeah. And obviously that was their truth coming into the country in the late sixties. However, as a kid, so I'm talking primary school, a lot of my friends are white. Yeah. So then I'm having to make, make sense of this. And then obviously my mom, my parents' friends come over and they're having their political dis 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 discussion. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, so this is the conversation but this is my experience. Yeah. Okay, so it's, a, it's a, such a conflict that as a kid, you have to work that out yourself. But you know what? Obviously, you're emotionally intelligent enough to pick up why your mum and dad have said that because of from their experience and how they've suffered. But then you're looking, going to school with your friend where your friend doesn't actually see the difference uh, in you because of your colour or whatever, unless their parents are in their ear and talking smack at home, Right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah which, yeah, which which I think is quite common in East London because some of the areas in Custom House and Freemasons and all those, when you get the old school East London English lot that I think don't fully understand yet. Yeah. People, I don't, I don't even know if it's a matter of some people if they're racist. I just think people just fear what they don't know, so therefore yeah. they're a bit defensive. And maybe sometimes when they say things, it comes across very racist when maybe they're not trying to be. Or the fact that the old school people, I feel like they can get away with it. But if you're new and you're in my generation, yeah, 
you have the ability to be educated you live in london where it's so multicultural there is no excuse to be racist in any way do you know what i mean yeah well do you know what i'll say so this is where it gets fascinating because in a sense you are right but what this is this is the problem now and, and, and i'm gonna this is particularly towards the working class english what i realized is that they have struggled with identity for a long time okay. and so the problem is is it's very difficult to engage in a conversation where you don't necessarily feel like you can bring anything to the table so in the end you're frustrated so what i mean by that is this if you look at the working class community so in the 80s the industry which a lot of the locals were involved in that all came to an end when margaret thatcher just shut the, the docks down yeah in fact a lot of the indus in industrial areas so we're talking like factories and like you know your, your, whether that's your ford uh, car plant on and just around the, the country because again yeah with the work i'm doing i've be i've traveled around the country for a long time yeah and the story is the same um a lot of british um work a lot of white british working class culture was often attached to the jobs they were doing so okay. for example the men would go to work and do whatever their mums would maybe be at home or you know if it's latter times maybe them maybe the parents the mum's got a job the yeah. kids go to school whatever then as soon as that routine and routine being the key word as soon as the routine was kind of stopped and changed then it threw people off now we're moving into a time of digital era so that means academia that means you're having to look at other ways of starting to skill yourself yeah hand skills like physical skills are almost becoming less and less relevant yeah and so for the working class english community personally i think they haven't understood on being able to adapt quick enough yeah and so what you have happening is this ever fast changing world where for england the face of england is no longer this white face it's yeah. multicultural it's networking it's opportunity yeah. Yeah. and i feel like in the working class community they're still mm. seeking what their identity is in this and i think for that reason they haven't been able to fully embody embrace and understand the changes that are happening before them yeah i see what you mean like for example if say for the 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 people that you're talking about the mm -hmm. ones say in east london the ones we were yeah. raised around and, and, yeah. I, and i know exactly the type of person you're talking about because i've yeah yeah i know seen exactly. it. i've seen it i've seen it you know and um it's way easier for someone like say when my dad or my mum come into the country when all that is happening yeah you have a better chance of keeping up because they think this is how things are done now or this is how i think things are done now so yeah. i'm not going back i'm within time and whatever is developing now i'm adapting to that instead of what i what i've what because basically i'm adapting to what i see not that's what right. has been because i haven't seen what has been and i'm adapting with time that's and right i think because of that struggle yes there is some frustration and because of the frustration i think there is outbursts like i mean you remember the tottenham riots yes yes that, that yes. was like that was crazy that was crazy I, I was in australia at the time actually but yeah. i remember watching i remember oh my god that's tottenham high road my mom and dad are down the road that's right and like this is this is crazy because my lot moved to north london after and i was like yes this is like man like, how has this happened because this originally happened from when uh mark duggan yes yes when he got shot but the thing is you know there was raising tensions and it was an interesting time because at that point i was i had just I think I had just finished working in Hackney 
And what I was, it was only when I was working in Hackney that I realised the gang problem that we were having because at the time, Custom House, although it had its own issues, Custom House was in its own bubble. Yeah. When I went to Hackney, I was like, oh my days, this is a gang problem. Hackney. Do you know what I'm saying? I know, because a lot of the Turks are there. Right, exactly. And Mm. like the school that I was working at had a big kind of catchment of, of Turks in the school. Yeah, that's right. Turks and Kurdish community, right? And they, and they all, and they're all like, the ones that come into the country, they're all hungry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they're hungry, they're feisty, they're, yeah. they hustle, they want, they go for what they want, you know? And yeah. in somewhere like yeah. Hackney, where the tension is crazy, there's so many gangs. And then you're seeing gangs go with Hackney versus Tottenham gangs. People yes. getting shot, stabbed. Yeah. I went to, um, my cousin rang me the other day and said, oh, Darren, there's been four stabbings in Edmonton in five days. I'm like, Jesus. And you know, the mad thing about it is, is this is happening, but it wasn't necessarily making the news. And you go on the street and you'll just see a little police line killing. If everyone's, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if there's an, you know, call this number if you know any information. So what I was beginning to realise, that there's a whole world of activity happening and no one's paying attention. Mm. So for me, it felt like when the London riots happened, I really wasn't surprised because it was almost like, this is people saying, now you will listen to me. Because yeah. actually, like you say, I'm traveling in and out of Hackney and seeing well, every week hearing of this stabbing, this killing, and it's not getting any attention. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, the whole world's now watching. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I wasn't surprised. Uh, maybe it was a, I guess maybe the media didn't represent, want to represent London as being that sort of place. But the truth is, you know, when like, because I chat to a lot of people that travel. Sure. And a lot, and a lot of people, especially where I'm living now, there's a lot of people where, where I was traveling and they're like, oh, I'm from London. I'm like, cool, whereabouts? They're like, oh, yeah, just uh, Richmond. And I'm like, bruv, you're not in London. <laughs> 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 That's not, like, it's, it's a different London to what I'm used yeah, to. Yeah, you yeah. know, And I think people don't see that. They're like, yeah, Oxford Street, this, London's great. And then you tell them, I'm like, oh, London's got that side as well. They're like, no, no way, yeah. where? I'm like, listen, you go to Hackney, Custom House, Brixton, yeah. all that. Although these places are now developing. Like, living That's in right. Hackney now, in Brixton now is like, completely different it's completely different it's twice the price to live there and it's now the like camden hackney like the trendy that sort of place which is up and coming and even dawson like that is like that now and that's right which is a good thing which is a good thing but um there was a there was a there was a lot of time in um uh in london where all that was mad and yeah go on carry what you're gonna say no i was just gonna just say um that what i think Part of the problem is, is it goes back to British culture. And I say this, when I say this, what you tend to find in that, and having conversations, especially, especially listening to white Europeans who have moved into to London and emigrated to London. One of the things that I've often heard them say is that what they dislike about speaking of to, 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 to people from England is the fact that they don't, they don't show how they feel they will say they feel a certain way, but their body language will show something completely different and they find that most frustrating. So the reason why I'm saying this is to say, I do feel like British as a country society, as a a whole society, have spent their time portraying this facade. So in the end, what you're talking about is you do have all these ghettos, you do have all of these these things that are happening in places like London and other parts of the country, but we like to give off this image of, the queen cup of tea so when you go to america americans are shocked when they start when you start telling them stories about what's really going on because in their mind they've got this whole image that england is this 
white country with you're sitting down and you've got your cane and you're and you're sticking it you know what i mean in the top you know it's just yeah, not yeah, that. yeah yeah i know what you mean no it's not that because lump like lump you can it's so multicultural right it's so multicultural and even like i've done a bit of america um but nothing not like you have you've sure. you've been all over the place and well, i've done a lot of traveling and i'm not gonna lie i actually think the british police are the best ones i've ever come across we're very blessed. Most we're definitely. very blessed. And when there's like, when I chat to boys like in East London, wherever, North London, they're like, oh, police this, police that. I'm like, bruv, you have no idea how like, how literally like decent our police officers are. I mean, you go to carnival, they're winding up on each other. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean? Which is, which is wicked, which is wicked. You know, they're amongst the Absolutely. people. I mean, they don't Absolutely. carry, they don't carry guns. I mean, no. that alone. Yes. You go to America, even when I yeah. got into America and I was like, um, when I first time went to America is when I went to LA last year. And yeah. uh, when I landed, even through security, they're like, where are you from? I'm yeah. like, London. They're like, but no, but what's your background? I'm like, I'm Kurdish, Turkish. They're like, okay, when's the last time you went? Like, everything is so like, oh my Jesus Christ. If you, because if it was a Brit, if it was a British police officer, I would have been like, bruv, stop asking me dumb questions. What do yeah, you want? Yeah, yeah. And they would have yeah. been cheeky with you and you would have, yeah. yeah. But in America, I was like, bro, if I say something stupid, they'll probably lock me up or send me back. Oh, hundred percent. You know, they 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 they're intense. Like that, they make you feel like, yeah, you 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 feel suspicious, but even though you haven't even done anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you that's know what like, I mean? That's like when when a police officer goes past, you ain't done nothing wrong, but you're like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> you, you, you're getting nervous, it's insane, and 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 um, yeah, America's a whole different ball game, if I'm honest. And yeah, you're right. As a police force. We really have, um, we are blessed because we do, have, and, and yes, there is issues, but I think the issues are slightly more nuanced here. And I think part of the problem here is the fact that as a society, we haven't really been allowed to have those conversations. So okay. in the end, what happens is, so like I've got a few friends in the police force and one of the things that they speak about from an establishment perspective is police feel like they're scared to make a move because whatever they do, the media are then going to hang them to dry and they can't yeah. get anything right. Yeah. Coupled with the fact that within the communities, there is a strong mistrust. And many of, it is, many of those reasons are justified because in the past, police have done things passively unfair as yeah. opposed to aggressively in the way that Americans do things. Yeah. But I think, you know, give it, it means that because of that, we then take for granted the fact that, as you said, we do have a police system where you can stop and you can have a conversation and you don't feel intimidated if you if your tourist friends want to come and take a picture with them you know no, what i mean whereas you right. know if you go and do that in america you know i don't know like <laughs> even oh. in europe some some police officers is almost like don't talk to me family i remember like approaching like a female officer in new york yeah just off to ask something i'm mm -hmm. like because there was like they were putting barriers up in New York on one of the streets. And I was like, what's going on? Why is there so many police? So I walked up to one of them. I was like, officer, what's going on here? Is there like a, is there something happening? She's like, what? What? I'm like, like giving me attitude. I'm like, oh, sorry, I'm just asking a question. Like, she's like, yeah, what do you want? I'm like, Jesus Christ. I said, don't worry. See you later. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. to know from you, you bitch. <laughs> I didn't want yeah, yeah, to say that to her. I didn't want to say that. But I was like, under my breath. Fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is the thing. It's a, and also coupled with the fact that in America, they're very direct. So like, they, they don't hurt, they don't mince with their words. It's just, they show you how they feel. And again, this is the big difference between America and Britain. Whereas we are about presentation and, 
and you know we formulate our words in such a way yeah. to to sound good and sound welcoming and there's a benefit but then the, the negative is not always giving you the honest picture about what's really going on or how yeah. you feel or where your head is at whereas america it's almost like it's what you see is what you get so once you understand that you kind of okay i see what we're working with and you kind of don't take it personal but it yeah. took me a long time to understand that yeah 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 because i mean i mean look at like the british empire boy they're everywhere they took over everything <laughs> do yeah. you know what i mean right. so That's when right. you think about it it's like the uk's the don <laughs> when yeah, it comes yeah, to yeah. that sort of stuff you know so although things are probably like you said when things are done they're probably done in a more subtle passive aggressive way where it doesn't affect the people which i kind of prefer more than what i'm seeing in america right now do you know what i mean and like yeah. i think it's important that people speak their mind and uh and actually talk about the issues of what's happening within their communities because like you said that it doesn't happen enough and then it gets to a boiling sure. point it gets to a yeah. boiling point and then it just pops off yeah sure you know and um in america like did you see the video of um george floyd i mean that yeah, it was horrific that was that like i watched it once i was like i can't watch this again this is like yeah this yeah. is like a yeah. human being you're doing this to but do you know what though brother i mean because you just said something there you said you almost kind of prefer the kind of the passiveness of the uk and it's interesting because i don't know how i feel because like at least what i will say is america is a whole different ball game of tension and i know like as you said i've got family in new york so i've been going to new york i've done umpteens of trip to new york alone yeah. But like one of the things that really blew my mind was new, when we was in school, we was always taught that America is the melt is a melting pot. No, New York is a melt melting pot in America, and it always yeah. boasts being so multicultural. Yeah. I was shocked because when I got there, it was almost like okay, it's a pot, but it's not melted mm. because like you know, it's so segregated in terms of blocks where people live. You know, Germans are here, Polish are there, Blacks are there, um, Puerto Ricans are there, Irish are here. So that threw me off. And so, um, uh, the, yeah, that's the point I'm making. So what I'm saying is, is I realized after making a few trips to New York, I started to realize, okay, this is a very segregated country. And obviously traveling to other states, I've been to many other states. Yeah. With England, the problem is there is very similar issues here. But again, it goes back to there is a facade. And so what happens is when things are happening here, when, uh, for example, coming from the arts industry, what you're now starting to see, I've never seen so many people from the white community step up and be like, no, enough is enough. This is yeah. too much. I've not, in my lifetime, I haven't seen this level of activism from the white community. Yeah. However, there's still a big chunk of the white community who continue to remain silent. Staying silent. And do you and think thing, if yeah. you're staying silent, are you... In, maybe not intentionally are you supporting um i don't think it, i don't think it's necessarily that i think again, again it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning i believe it's to do with the fact that there's be, a lot of the white community have felt like they cannot speak their truth without yeah. being labeled racist Fair everything point. they say yeah you know everything they say they get demonized so in the end they just become, what's the word? It's just a, almost a level of apathy. It's almost like, you know what? Yeah. It's nothing to do with me. Um, I can't even speak my truth. If, whatever I say, so I'm just staying out of this. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, they're slowly watching, especially particularly in the working class, 
and even in the middle class i don't necessarily think it's the same thing in the more affluent and educated kind of the yeah. higher education class yeah but i feel there's a sense of oh well do you know what and I, I, I'm not part of this because it feels like everyone's talking about all these different needs for Asians and blacks and whatever, yeah. and you're forgetting about me. And yeah. so in the end, in the, the much needed conversations, it's manifesting in this silence. Yeah, no, you're right. Because if you think about it, like even when we're talking right now, we're saying, mm-hmm. uh, we're saying like white working class, black working class, this. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like I can get away with that because I'm ethnic. Right. Whereas... If um, maybe if I was having this conversation with James and stuff, maybe if he said black this, black that, he would probably hesitate to even say that. Maybe that's right. That's you know, right. and I've told him, and I've, there's been where we're talking. I'm like, brother, you can say he, the, he knows he's black. It's fine. Yes. You can say he's black. He knows he's black. And yeah. I remember this happened to me once in when I was actually working in Australia in a town called Black Town. Can you believe that? Right. Black Town. Guess black what? Town, you know. yeah, and, yeah. and guess what? Majority right. of people are black. Like really? <laughs> yes, bro. That town. Madness. Western Where Sydney, um, uh, Sudan, um, Islanders, um, wow, uh, different parts of Africa. But like okay, in, in okay. Australia, you don't get a lot of like Nigerians, Ghanaians, and stuff. You get yeah, more sure. Sudanese and yeah, yes. Somalians and all that. But and I was like, and there was and I was served, and then I was at the till. Right, I was working in a footlocker when I first got there. Right, yes, and um, I was working at the till. And this woman came over and I was like, who served you? Because you got to write their number down so they get, you see how much they've made or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're like, oh, um, the gentleman over like, the, and I can see her hesitating, right? And I'm from London. <laughs> I'm from London. We just, we just say how it is. Like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. nothing offensive. She's like pointing over there and I'm like <laughs> testing her in it. I'm waiting to see what she says. <laughs> She's like, um, 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 I said, the black fella. I'm she loving goes, this. She goes, what excuse me i i didn't i i I didn't say that i didn't say that you you said that i was like listen i was like what's your name she said christina so i said christina there's no problem with that he's very aware that he's black it's like you're aware that you're white it's fine you're not saying if you said that it's not anything racist you can say oh the black guy over there served me there's nothing wrong with that yes Yes. you know what i mean because absolutely it's another way of saying oh the tall guy with a blonde hair do you know what i mean it's nothing offensive but to me the way she was hesitant about that yeah questions me are you racist (laughs) do you know what i mean well no no, no, i hear that but you know what i think it is i think it goes deeper than that so i think okay i'm gonna be oh man okay i'll go i'll take it right there essentially you're talking about the british empire what it's done it's built off of racism essentially again it's research it's not even, I'm not saying this is a matter of opinion. It's just a matter of just do your research. It's there. It's okay. not hidden. You yeah. don't have to go into the dark web. This is known research. And most people don't bother to do, take the time to do the research. Yeah. But the problem is, is that um, the reason why people feel they can't speak their truth is because so many things have been stigmatized so much. So particularly in the 90s, you had this PC culture where you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't say this. But the problem with doing that is, is without the education that's attached to it, yeah. people see it as a negative. So people feel like, all, rather than saying, oh, I understand why I can't say these words, all yeah. people say is, you're yeah. restricting my vocabulary. Okay. And so in the end, you're now creating a frustrated uh, um you're, you're creating a frustrated body of people who maybe 
through their ignorance. So their ignorance comes from a historical racism, but consciously they're not operating in that racist place. They're, su- it's, they're consciously just operating from a frustrated place. Okay. You know what I mean? So I think the problem is it's to do with education, it's to do with awareness, and it's the fact that, one, schools are not teaching the truth about their history. Yeah. And so what happens is when you have a body of people who are still struggling, because again, if you speak to the average white person and say to them, what is your British culture? Yeah. Most cannot say this. Yeah. They struggle with this. Yeah. So when, when you're at that place, when you're still struggling to identify how to yeah. define yourself, but yet you're told you can't say you, you have to respect this, 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 and this, yeah. it's going to frustrate you. Of course. Yeah. You, Cause you don't know what the answer is. You don't know what to say. So I see what you mean when it's frustrating, but you know what the, um, I think when it comes to, so how how do we move forward from here then? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a great question. I think the way, the first way, I mean, there is no, there is no answer. There is no one answer because the problem is it's such a complicated issue. And um, before I do try attempt to throw some things in there, what I will say is the reality is the reason like we're looking at America and we're seeing America as this chaotic place, but make no mistake, the same issues are happening in England in a much more um, subtle way. Yeah. Yes. Because the thing is the sheer fact that even in 2020, a lot of British people still struggle to say black. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I think the problem is there needs to be a space where one, people in the British community can begin to speak their truth and be honest without being judged. I think yeah, that's yeah. one of the first problems. I think 100% agreed. Yeah. I think because like, imagine if there was like a little safe circle where people can just go and speak their opinion and no one would be judged for it. But the truth is like, they're going to get kind of judged for it. Do you know what I mean? Because we're stigmatised. And so what's happening now is people are more afraid of being labelled certain things rather yeah. than the act. So people are more afraid of, of being called racist than they are of actually behaving racist. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fucking fair point. Do you know what I'm saying? And what, what is worse? Like, you think you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But again, it goes back to what I said before. In Britain, we like this facade. Yeah. So we hate, so we want the image, but we, we want to keep the image, but we're not prepared to really go deeper than that. So the conversations that I'm talking about needs to happen at a deeper level where everybody, even within the black community, I think we have to learn to stop judging people and stop just as soon as someone says something that's a little bit kind of a bit weird, we just throw the book at them because the problem is we're not helping ourselves. If we want to educate, education is a vulnerable space. So it's about everybody being in a space that's vulnerable for everybody. And we exchange and we say, do you know what? This is my truth. Yeah. you know what I mean? But then at the same time, when someone's getting things wrong, you're saying, do you know what? Okay, I get this. Actually, let's dis- let's explore this. I think one of the issues is like, you know, when um when someone, if I'm if if you say something to me, right, Alex, mm-hmm, you say mm-hmm. something to me. Mm-hmm. I ask myself, I ask myself why you're telling me that, why you're thinking sure. like that before I jump yeah. in the gun. Yeah. Right? I think, okay, Alex has said that. Or say if you were racist towards Turkish, Kurdish people, I'd be like, why sure. is Alex racist? What is he experienced for him to have the ideology about that? Yeah. And then I would say to myself, after I thought that, what can I do in a charismatic, likable way to change his fucking mindset 
to go back to neutral because yeah. yes, there's times where you need to be aggressive with certain things. Yeah. I'll put my hand up and I'll say that I'm very fucking aggressive with certain things, especially online and stuff. But sometimes there's, um, we need to stop and think just like you said with like the black community, take a pause and explain it in a way that person might understand mm-hmm. that they'll be more on board, which I think now is maybe that's why more than ever, there's more like white people standing up now yeah. and speaking up because now there is more like multicultural educated people that can put it across in an artistic way where people understand more and relate more because whereas before in the olden days without technology, social media, all of that stuff, um, I think it was harder to relate to each well, other. Yes, yes, yes. And also as well, I would probably, I'd probably say, because again, what's, what we've seen with this particular killing, George um, Floyd, yeah. has yeah. been spoken about for the longest times. Yeah. You only have to listen to the music. You only have to listen to your Tupacs. You only yeah. have to listen to your, to your Bob Marley's, your James yeah. Brown. It's not new. It's but not I new. think, again, there was a massive in-denial culture that was happening. Yeah. What social media has done has made it like without, and even then, bro, yeah. there's still people who are still trying to rationalize this. Yeah. So the denial culture is strong, and I get it because, again, in den- when you're in denial about something, it's a fear. And I do feel within, within the, from my observations, and again, I speak, so I know some people listening might think, well, as a black person, why could you speak the way you speak? for two reasons. One, because I'm happy to get it wrong and yeah. I'm not afraid for someone to come and correct me because actually I'm interested in learning rather than just being right. You'd be open um, into listening. You'd be open into learning, 100%. Yeah. But then also, um, because I think there's a massive fear within the English community attack around fear and guilt because I do think that in the English community, deep down, they know that there's something not right about the British community yeah. history. So, so there's, a, there's almost like a juxtaposition. There's one side that says, well, I want to find my Britishness and I want to be proud. And there's things in my, in my history that I'm proud of and that's, and that's right. Yeah. But then there's also this, this very ugly history that exists that's also attached. Yeah. And I think Pete, there, isn't, there isn't really an understanding of how to balance the two, how to acknowledge yeah. the two. So as soon as you start to mention the words like racism and identity, a lot of a lot of English communities shut down. They go quiet or they go extra defensive. Yeah. And you know what? Obviously the the truth about the history yeah. where like the British Empire is where they are today is mm-hmm. through history, like times have changed. It's not mm-hmm. like it was back then. Mm-hmm. And uh the British Empire, the Turkish Ottoman Empire, which invaded so many places and killed innocent people, raped uh, women like it's all fucked up but that is history yeah but that isn't why history's happened whatever's happened happened but i think people need to just concentrate on more of the present and what we can do like moving forward as a community because no matter what happens now we're also mixed up i mean yes. who the hell is so white now like obviously there yeah. is white people but like yeah. You go everywhere you go you're mixing you have you're mixing yeah you know what i mean like i'm turkish and i've never I'm a Kurdish Turk and I've never in my life had a um, Turkish girlfriend. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. that's not me. So I know for a fact, I'm probably not going to end up with 
a Turkish or a Kurdish girl for the girls that are listening. I'm sorry, but feel free to slide in still. Man, just lock off. <laughs> <laughs> feel free to slide in still, but I won't lie. I can't be dealing with your uncles, your aunties. <laughs> I don't need no headache. <laughs> I can't believe a man just went there. Just lock off a whole bunch of fans. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm still open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm still, still open. open. You're still open. Do it still, still open. open. Slide into the DMs. <laughs> I'm still but open. But no. It's but true, it's bro. It's true. I like, I like yeah. blondes. I like, yeah. I like Swedish, the Dutch, you know? Let's not, let's, yeah, that's sweet, a rabbit hole yeah. if we go in there, you know what I mean? And, um, this so conversation like, just turned left. <laughs> it's just turned left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. like, the point I'm trying to make is, like, we're all mixed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. if you look at, like, your ancestral data, background data, or whatever, I'm sure you are something one way or another. But, um, you know, but uh, <laughs> even before EasyJet and Ryanair, people were yeah, traveling yeah, yeah. around and stuff exactly, like that. Yeah, exactly. do you know what I mean? The thing is, doing I'm just really passionate about people having open and honest conversations. And you know what? I mean, I have heard the narrative, you know, things have happened in the past and we do need to move forward. But also, what we do need to understand is people, for different people, the relationship with the history is very different. Within the black community, we still have a very strong relationship with our history because we understand that the way that we are today is a direct link between what's happened. Okay. So I'm a fan of understanding and making sense and making peace with your history in order to move forward. Because again, um, if you're talking about, like if I talk about myself, um, and this is a whole nother discussion, but growing up yeah. as an Hindu, as a kid, I <laughs> suffered with depression at various stages. Okay. Um, and in order for me to understand that, I've had to go back and okay. face certain uncomfortable truths. So I personally, I'm not a fan of the, the idea of just what happened, happened, because yeah. what's happened is part of who we are today. It's the reason yeah. why when, when you talk to different people in different cultures and they start talking about pride, they celebrate yeah. days. They have your Independence Day, whether that's your St. George's Day or your D-Day. Yeah. It's all history. It is, yeah. So I think there's something about not being afraid. When, when, when we're going to embrace history, we have to embrace all of it. But yeah. at the same time, we have to look at a way of how we can acknowledge what it is, not project it on other people, and yeah. just come to this place of conversation, whatever yeah. that looks like. There's no, there's no correct or wrong way to do it. It just needs to be that people need to be active listeners. I, I personally want to inspire people to become active listeners to yeah. en engage in conversations that makes you feel uncomfortable don't run away from it sit with it learn from and it. Go through it and learn from it yeah 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 100% because it's um, again like even even with this podcast there's probably going to be a few people that are going to message me and go doing your talking absolute shit but sure. they're usually they're going to be the people that are number one defensive number two actually fear to speak their opinion you know sure. and most likely will be from a fake account you know okay right yeah, is, you've had a few of those right prime. yeah i've had loads i have it all the time i have it daily like which wow. is which is not a problem and i just say cool just send a picture of your face in it <laughs> not a problem oh, do you know what i mean i'll have a conversation with you if you can yeah. be real with me because you know who i am you know where yes. i am yeah sure if you can do the same with me then i'm happy to have a conversation but like and does it happen nah right. it happened once with schmerbel life can't say right. that name. <laughs> okay but um uh, then they ended up, uh, one troll ended up having a conversation with me through their legit profile. And I spoke to them. They spoke to me and they understood my point of view. And then they made moves to defend 
what I was trying to defend. They were like, okay, we understand we're going to try and do this. And I was like, cool, respect. Oh, Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, but I think there needs to be more people like you out there that are willing to listen to what yeah. other people have to say, you know, because let's be honest, there's a lot of sheep out there, right? Sure. You know, there's definitely people going to protest and don't even know why they're going to protest. 110%. You know, which I'm thinking like, for example, there's all these people that I'm seeing doing posts about stand up for um, Black Lives Matter and stuff. And in my head, I'm thinking, bro, fam, you've never in your life, you don't like, don't, you've never in your life have even acknowledged this. So stop yeah. doing it for social media. Yes, yeah. if you've got a following, yeah. share it, whatever. Yeah. I understand yeah. that. But is it really you? Are you really doing that? Instead, why yeah. don't you talk to someone about it and maybe right. learn more about the cultural differences and what's actually happening instead of just doing a post? Because I can do a post and be like, okay, this, but I haven't done one yet because I don't feel the need to speak about it yet because I don't know what I'm going to say. And when I say something, it's going to be a valid point. Yeah, There I is no you. point me just making a post and going, this is horrible. This is that. We need to do this. I'm not going to just say something for the sake of it or repost someone else's thing unless I have an opinion that I think can actually make uh, a difference or make people's or make people think. Do you know what I mean? Hundred percent, Darren. I and I, I endorse you with that. You know, it's got to come from a place of your honesty. And I mean, like for me, yesterday, like I've I've posted minimum. Um, I've done a couple of stories which was giving people some ideas of how we can move forward in conversation but I've been doing lots of interviews and even yesterday I did a um, there's a school up north that I've been teaching dancing um, the dance teacher came to me and said let's look at how we can move forward so we set up a zoom meeting we got a lot of the young people on zoom and I gave them a space for them to ask questions because living up north they're involved in street dance, which is a black dominant, it's a black culture. Yeah. So for a lot of the kids, they were like, well, we're confused. We don't know what's going on. Could someone explain? So we've done that. Okay. Um, I've, got, I've got some friends from, um, from Mid Midlands. They got their mates together and we sat down, we did an Instagram group chat and yeah. we discussed. So for me, it's about, I'm hoping more than just posting. I mean, posting is one way and it can create some awareness and spark conversation. But my whole thing is this, conversations 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 yeah. and and you know even some of your listeners if there's anybody that feels like they've always wanted to ask certain questions and um they want somebody that they feel they can uh, they, that would answer them non-judgmentally i'm happy to for someone to hit me up and just ask me a question and just say um okay, you know what you, you know what you should do mm -hmm. on your instagram mm -hmm. you know the questions yes you should do your questions right and leave it as anonymous and you're not gonna put out the people that say the name and let them ask whatever they want to ask and then you can answer it on your story and they mm. can be anonymous because a lot of people like a little confessions thing do you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. ask me anything you want about race black culture that you don't know and they'll answer it all for you and then when you say it on your story, people are not going to see their names because I think people, they fear, they fear they're embarrassed that they don't know. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They're embarrassed of what they don't know. So they're kind of like, right. and I even see this in conversation when, um, when I am around people and I certain, open up a certain topic and people kind of wear off because I know they don't know what I'm talking about, right. don't know yeah. how it feels and they don't know how to deal with the conversation and they're too embarrassed yes. to talk about it because they're too embarrassed to ask me and go, oh, Darren, I, don't, I didn't actually know that. Can you tell me a bit about that? Because That's right. they're going to look stupid now in front of other people. That's what they think. That's right. 
That's Whereas right. actually when you're avoiding that is the stupid thing. It's like you, when I yeah. need help, I, I need to go out and I'm going to ask for help. And I think not enough people do that. And it also comes in line with like mental health as well. Not enough people talk about their mental health, you know, especially men. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad you said that because I was just about to say that. I was going to say that right now, there's a lot of people posting that it's okay to not be okay, but then actually don't embody it. So you've got this from the mental health perspective, as you just said, it's okay to not be okay. But actually, that also goes on to things like difficult conversations. Yeah. How could you be talking about it's, not, it's, it's okay to not be okay from a mental health perspective when actually in a daily difficult conversation perspective people can't even handle just being not being okay in that yeah you see what i'm saying so yeah. to me it starts at a very basic level if you're if you're not comfortable with being uncomfortable in a conversation there is no way that you're going to be able to 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 to, to really embody the idea of having mental health issues i see what you're saying and i think it's that's why like when i talk with you right if mm-hmm. i'm I, I always feel like i'm tested a little bit which i like okay right? Okay. Right? which I like and, I'm, and I sure. get this with um, one of my very close friends uh, Michael Hector's dad as well and every conversation with him my dad those sort of people I'm always like I have to think before I say anything because sure. it can go any direction right sure. Sure. and and it's challenging but I grow from that so much it's unbelievable yeah. and it's like it's one of my most favorite things to do is to talk to because everything I've learned till today from fitness to socializing, everything, business, whatever is actually what I've learned from listening to other people and putting myself in uncomfortable situations where I'm kind of forced to adapt to grow. And because a lot of people fear to do that, it's very hard. And I think, like you said, people like yourself that, are open to conversation people actually need to reach out and talk about it especially if you've got kids like because at the end of the day your kids are going to be um like you do you know what i mean like absolutely you know and if you're not educated how your kids are going to be educated and when i mean educated it doesn't have to mean you need to go to university and stuff i'm just talking about being educated in society and in life life experiences you know, because right. you see some people that have fucking got their masters in this and that, yeah, and have no idea about the people that they live with, they live around, and yeah. in the society they live in. You know, they have zero idea about politics. And although I'm not so deep into politics, I I know what's happening. I know what's going what's on. Up, yeah. yeah, and I can yeah. hold you've a conversation. Had to, I've had being, to being yeah, being who you are, you've had to have some basic awareness. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I was, what was going to say as well is, I mean. At this point, because I mean, I know your listeners have probably have said that you know, I've known you since you were in school. And I just want to second what you're saying there, because I've watched you grow up in secondary school from being this lad who it was interesting because you was always quite a switched on person in school. But then the problem was it meant that you often got yourself into trouble with teachers simply because you as a kid, you saw and you understood but you didn't have the maturity to understand, okay, Darren, just don't talk at this point. Yes. Don't answer back. So like, you know, you know, you would tell me like what happened and then you would tell me why it went pear-shaped. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, damn. But then in my head, I'm also like, no, but Darren, I get it. Because I knew even at that age, you understand you're not really, you're not dumb. So you kind of, your, your whole thing was, 
if it doesn't make sense to me, I'm going to tell you that it don't make sense. I'm not going to play this game. But obviously yeah. that takes a maturity. So what's really beautiful about hearing what you're saying now is as you've gotten older, you've taken those skills, that, that kind of boldness that you've always had that maybe in school got you into trouble. Yeah. But you've used it now to your advantage and yeah. you're making it work for you. And I think yeah. this is something that's really beautiful that I think, yeah, you need to hear that. And I think from, you know, your fan base that have followed you through your work is understand one of the things that, one of your attributes that has worked for you and why you are where you are today. I appreciate that because that did get me in a lot of trouble in school, man. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, and you know what? It's funny because you were the only person that actually understood me when I was talking about that stuff. You were the only person, right? So that's why I've always like, I've always loved you. I've always had loved seeing you. Always yeah. had that connection with you. And like some teachers, and I think they knew that I knew exactly what they mean by the way they say it and why they say it and they hated yeah. it. Yeah. And I even remember in college, one of my tutors kept going to fucking Thailand, didn't it? He was right. like 50 plus years old, kept going to Thailand. My other tutor loved me up. And I remember even turning around and saying, sir, listen, I know why you go to Thailand every half term. So please don't start me. All right. So don't get on to me like I've done something. I said, I know why you go. I said, I know you go to them um, whorehouses. So, I know why you go. That's what so you said I know to why me. you go. And I looked at him. I'm like, don't start me, boss. These people don't know, but I've traveled. So please. And I was like 17, in it? So and I know he's thinking like, I see his body language change. He's thinking this little Turkish prick. <laughs> That's what he's thinking. You then, were so bad, man. That's then, terrible, bro. And then I went to my tutor and I was like, to my tutor and I told her what happened. She's like, oh, dear God, dear. And she's like how are you that smart yes obviously you're right but don't say that <laughs> and it was so funny it was so funny and it was so funny and i just thought oh fuck i'm not i'm not made for this university game i'm just like yeah. i need to be it's a game it's a game and i think with conversations and i think one of the things i love doing is actually socializing and talking to people yeah. and whoever it is i'll talk talk to them exactly like myself doesn't matter if it's will smith or if it's alex peters or if it's my mom or my dad right and yeah, i think yeah. i think that's one of the things i think like you said we just need to talk more for mental I health reasons for community reasons to learn for everything you know because the thing is at the end of the day the way that we're communicating today isn't working it's not working yes you know there is like for example when you look at your kind of your network of people you have your guy um I don't even know his name, the black gym dude that works, that you Paul work Lima. with. Paul Lima. Paul Lima. And then obviously you've got James. And then I think you've got another dude, Sven. Sven, yeah. Yeah, 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 Sven. And so you've got a network of cultures that are coming together. So it works. But yeah. the thing is, it's just that for me personally, I want to inspire people to just continue to have those conversations. Because the thing is, like you say, I think as well, the, in people's mind, people need to understand that entering into that difficult, vulnerable um, space can only end in positive growth and I've realized people won't enter into those conversations if they can't see in their mind that at the end of this I'm going to be better off so if you talk about people that are into fitness yeah people would exert the energy feel tired sweat stink almost feel like they're about to throw up yeah. they only put themselves through that when because they know in their mind that at the end of this I'm going to be a better person exactly and it's the same with conversation. One thing that I'd really like to say, if we're talking about, for example, what we spoke with racism and this whole what's happened with George, it's triggered a lot of people to act. 
I would say to people, see these conversations like a gym. It's incredibly uncomfortable. It's not something that's desirable. And I'm not just saying for white people, I'm saying for everybody. Everyone, that's right. Enter these conversations knowing that if we spend time doing it right with, with a certain level of respect, a certain level of active listening and compassion and understanding, you will come out of this a better person, I promise. But 100%. you have to allow yourself to go on that journey. 100%. It's funny that you said that about the people that I'm around, right? Like James, for example. When we first met James, the way he's grown in yeah. understanding more cultures since he's spent more time with me, mm. I've, I've seen him change. Like, Amazing. he might not see it. Yeah. I've seen him change, like, how he would see things. Do you know what I mean? Because he's Amazing. heard it from my end. Yeah. And I've heard yeah. it from his end. So yeah. there's a lot of element of things why I know why certain people where he's from think the way that they think. Sure. And he sees why people like me think the way that we think. Mm. You know? And mm. it's great. And because of that, I've grown my knowledge on where his culture background is and he's grown his knowledge in a crazy way with, with my cultural background, because even him going into conversation with someone that is not from, um, uh, where he's Windsor, from, Berkshire, yeah, is it yeah, yeah, around there. Yeah. Around there. Right, he's, yeah. he's way more confident chatting to people that are from London that are ethnic. I could, I know it. I see it. I see it. And I I'm it. like, yes. And I love it. And I'm like, sick. This has happened because I'm like, yes, I've, I've definitely had an input on this and I'm buzzing about it because now more people can relate to him and learn from him and more people can relate to me and learn from me. And Love it. this is why we need to have conversations, man. Love it. Um, Love it. Is there anything else you'd like to add on, Alex? Um, do you know what? I'll just say I, I cannot stress any further conversation conversation. I cannot stress the power of conversation. And you know what? I always say the more... And yeah, if there's one more thing I would throw, the more that you can engage with others, the more, no, should I say, if you want to learn how to engage with others, you have to understand yourself first and foremost. Because the reason why I say that is because um, you, the more you know about yourself, the more you can begin to understand other people. Because yeah. again, even when I talk about racism and having those conversations, that's just one example. But yeah. I've learned that I wouldn't put, my, I wouldn't ask other people to do something that I'm not committed to do myself. So, for example, if I'm talking to a white person about racism and maybe I'm saying something that might challenge their whole perception of their own identity, I have to decide if I'm going to engage in this conversation, if someone wants to do the same thing to me, am I prepared to go there? Yeah. If I'm not, then it's not fair. Okay. So I have to know myself as yeah. well as... To, to, the more I know myself is the more I can begin to relate to other people. <laughs> Nice. That's a nice way to finish it. Can you also tell people where they can find you? Absolutely. You can find me in the, I was going to do the 50 cent thing. No, um, basically, <laughs> <laughs> find me in the club. <laughs> um, yeah, basically you can hit me on Instagram um, at Alex underscore mechanical mechanical spelled M E C H A N I K O O L. So Alex underscore mechanical hit me up on the IG or if you've got, or you want to hit me up on my email, mechanical at gmail.com. 
there you go. If you want to find Alex Peters, aka Mechanical, aka Black Boris, <laughs> hey, come on, come on, Black Boris, <laughs> and also actually, yeah, doing, I was just say real quickly, if any of your fitness people are into dancing, to popping, they've seen you doing what you're doing and busting yep. them moves. Um, they can hit me up for that as well. I mean, I teach popping, especially with COVID. I teach popping online, so I've got yep. online classes. Um, you know, if you're one of those people that have seen those cool moves, always wanted to learn but don't know where to turn. Alex Ta-da. is the man. That's why. That's why I learned the skill. So if you guys want to try something different, hundred percent, go check out Alex's classes. Go do one, and if not, me and him are gonna have to do one together, and we'll all do it together one day. We've been saying sure. that for a minute. We need to let. Yeah. We need to let them guys know the levels. I need to let the Neville's, the Fresno, and that yeah, pop it left, right, and center. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, share with your family and friends. Peace and love, and I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.